welcome to. I mean, come, you know, come on, yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, and so they will be communing first, and since it's their first communion, they will be um, communing at the rail, uh, and then after that, uh, we will then uh, sort of dismiss in the way that, and dismiss to come forward for communion in the way that we have been. Uh, so let's begin our worship today with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, we thank you for this day. And truly, Lord, this is the day that you have made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you, Lord, that each one of us here, each soul, is called here not by accident or by chance or by any other reason than for the fact that your gospel has called us to be here today, the good news about Jesus Christ. And now, Lord, we ask that as we worship you and are served by you, that you would give us a zeal for your house of worship here. And truly, Lord, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Please stand. We begin this morning in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave me and my sin. O Almighty God, merciful Father, I, a poor, miserable sinner, confess unto you all my sins and iniquities. Almighty God in his mercy has given his son to die for you and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. So then in the stead and by the command of our Lord Jesus Christ, I therefore forgive you all of your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We sing our opening hymn, O Love How Deep, number 544. We'll sing verses 1 through 4.
for me, I have set my king. I will tell of the decree. Praise the Lord, all nations. For great is his steadfast love toward us. Praise the Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. But we will bless the Lord. Let us pray. Almighty God, whom to know is everlasting life, grant us to know your Son, Jesus, to be the way, the truth, and the life, that we may boldly confess him to be the Christ, and steadfastly walk in the way that leads to life eternal. To the same Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Please be seated. The Old Testament reading for this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 51. Listen to me, you who pursue righteousness, you who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were hewn, and to the quarry from which you were dug. Look to Abraham your father and to Sarah who bore you, for he was but one when I called him, that I might bless him and multiply him. For the Lord comforts Zion. He comforts all her waste places and makes her wilderness like Eden. Her desert, like the garden of the Lord, joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the voice of song. Give attention to me, my people, and give ear to me, my nation. For a law will go out for me, and I will set my justice for a light to the peoples. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait. Lift up your eyes to the heavens, and look at the earth beneath. But the heavens vanish like smoke, the earth will wear out like a garment, and they who dwell in it will die in like manner. But my salvation will be forever, and my righteousness will never be dismayed. This is the word of our Lord. Fear the Lord, you his saints. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. The epistle reading comes from Romans chapter 11. Oh, the depth of the riches and wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are his judgments and how inscrutable his ways! For who has known the mind of the Lord or who has been his counselor? Who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid? For from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever. Amen. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as in one body we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individually members one of another, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us. Let us use them, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, to one who teaches in his teaching. The one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. This is the word of our Lord. Please stand.
St. Matthew, the 16th chapter. The text from Matthew is also the sermon text for this morning. Now, when Jesus came into the district of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, Who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they said, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. He said to them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter replied, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered him, Blessed and and Jesus answered him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. For flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then he charged the disciples to tell no one that he was the Christ. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. We sing the hymn of the day built on the rock number 645.
Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As I said, the text for this morning's meditation is the gospel lesson that was just read from Matthew chapter 16. Peter confesses Jesus as the Christ, the Son of the living God. It has been said, and I think that the pastor who said it is right, that the question that Jesus asked his disciples is the single most important question that has ever been asked in the entire world. Because the answer to that question matters, and it matters a great deal. Today, if you were to just sort of go out and you were to put a microphone in front of somebody's face, somebody random, if you were to go out on the streets or go anywhere else, and you ask them, who do you think that Jesus is? Who do you say that Jesus is? And you would probably get a a multitude, a, a wide variety of answers. Some would say that he is a tyrant. Somebody who is just intolerable of the way that they live or the way that they want to live. Some might say, well, he's, he's, he's nice and all, but don't try to convince me that he actually does anything. Some still will say that they see him as a great teacher. Somebody who taught really valuable truths. But really, that's about all. And as I said, some, I'm guessing today, probably many, will see him as intolerable. And to use a modern phrase, perhaps Jesus is not the wokest of people. C.S. Lewis once wrote this about this entire question and about who Jesus is and about who some people say that he is. He wrote this. He wrote, I am trying here to prevent anyone saying the really foolish thing that people often say about him, Christ. They say, I'm ready to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I don't accept his claim to be God. That is the one thing we must not say. A man who was merely a man and said the sort of things that Jesus said would not be a great moral teacher. He would either be a lunatic on the level with someone who says that he is a poached egg, Or else he would be the devil of hell. You must make your choice. Either this man was and is the Son of God, or else a madman, or something worse. You can shut him up for a fool, you can spit at him and kill him as a demon, or you can fall at his feet and call him Lord and God. But let us not come with any patronizing nonsense about his being a great human teacher. He has not left that open to us. He did not intend to. Who we say that Jesus is matters. And Peter, divinely inspired, gives the correct answer. So let's look at the text for this morning and discover how we get there. Jesus comes into the region of Caesarea Philippi and he asks that question to the disciples. Literally, What do people say, or who do people say that the Son of Man is? And they give all sorts of different answers. Some say that he is is John the Baptist. Some say that he is Elijah. Some say that he is Jeremiah or one of the prophets. But Jesus isn't done yet. And so if you were to read this text in the original Greek, the next verse, verse 15, it would actually say, but who do you all? If you're from Missouri or the South or from Texas, who do y'all say that I am? He wants to know what they think. And Simon, for once, he doesn't mess it up, right? He gets it right. You are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. And Jesus says to him, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah. That's Simon Bar-Jonah. Blessed are you because you did not say this by anything that came to your own mind by yourself. These words have not come out of your mouth by anything that you have somehow conjured up on your own. No. This confession and what you have said 
was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. It was divinely revealed. It was divinely inspired by God. And that's going to come into play a little bit later. So hang on to that thought. And he says, and I tell you that you are Peter. Jesus kind of makes, in in the Greek, Jesus kind of makes an interesting wordplay here. Peter in the Greek is Petros. And then he says, and you are Peter, and on this rock, Petra, Jesus kind of knows what he's doing here, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now let's, let's unpack that a little bit. The rock that Jesus is referring to, that he is going to build his church, is not Peter. Our Roman Catholic friends, as wonderful as they are, we're going we're gonna to see them in heaven, they're dead wrong here. The rock that Jesus is referring to is the confession of faith that Peter just said. Upon this confession of faith, Peter, this rock, again, you are the Christ. You are the Son of the living God. Christ means anointed one. You are the chosen one. You are the anointed one, Christ. And upon this confession of faith, upon this rock, upon this foundation, my church will be built. And Jesus isn't finished. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. If you were in the military or if you were going to attack a castle or a city, the place that you would try to enter into would be through where? Through the gate. Why? Because it's the most vulnerable. It's the weakest point. And what Jesus is literally saying here is that the church of God, led by Christ, is literally beating down the doors of hell. The gates of hell shall not prevail against Christ and his church. And Jesus will and has accomplished his mission. He will go and is going to retrieve souls and bring them back to him. Verse 19, he says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He is giving to Peter and the disciples the responsibility, and this is why Paul in the epistle text kind of says what he does. He is giving ways that the church works. Jesus is giving to Peter and his disciples, the ones who would really found the first church. And this is your responsibility. And what is that responsibility? Well, take the rock, the foundation of faith. You will now take this confession about me and you will preach it to all nations. You will baptize in this name to all nations and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this confession. They will not be able to hold up against it. They will not be able to stand, to use a more modern phrase. Jesus probably wouldn't say it like that, but I will. It would be like a hot knife going through butter. The gates of hell shall not prevail against this confession of Christ. They will be the ones on the offensive. They will be the ones breaking the doors down to retrieve souls for the kingdom of heaven. You and I led, of course, by Christ. Now, how do I know this as pastor of Trinity Lutheran Church and School? How do I know this to be true at this place? I have four ways, easy easy ways that I thought of. Number one, think about this. In the middle of a pandemic, there are two people sitting over there that will become members of this church. In the middle of a pandemic... In the middle of a season of so much uncertainty, of so much, I don't know what's going on, I don't know when church is going to be back to the way that it is, people ask me, I don't know, I'm waiting. And in the middle of a pandemic and so much uncertainty and so much stuff going back and forth, in the middle of all of that, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the confession of Christ that these two folks have heard. And they are not here today because of of something that they have sort of come up with on their own. Just like Jesus said 
to Peter, this has not been revealed to you by flesh and blood by anyone else, but by my Father in heaven. They are here because their Father in heaven has given them that confession in their hearts. And so they are here today, and in just a few moments, they will become members of this church. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Ladies and gentlemen, the gates of hell shall not prevail against Christ and his church. A second way that I know this to be true here at this place, in the middle of a pandemic, we are adding students to our school and family. Why? People may come up with, well, because the public schools are doing this and all this other stuff. That's all all fine. I know why. Because of the confession of faith that exists with the school. That Jesus is the Christ. That he is the son of the living God. And there will be, to my knowledge, and there, there might be more by today, there will be at least four new families, four students who will get that confession of Christ every day that they are in school. Continuing to build up their own faith. Continuing to encourage them in their faith. And they will be surrounded by teachers and staff that all have this same confession of faith. A third way that I know that that the gates of hell should not prevail against Christ and His church When the whole season of COVID hit, and we we weren't sure exactly what to do, so we didn't have anybody in church at all except for a few people who were leading church, the technology allowed us to still have church. Now that that may sound simple, and we're kind of so used to it by now that maybe that goes straight over our heads, but think about, about that. The technology has allowed us, and many still, to worship. And to hear the confession of Christ in their own ears. And to say in just a moment that confession of Christ in the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And in Jesus Christ His Son. And in the Holy Spirit. And that is not done by anything that that we have conjured. But it is by everything that Christ has done in leading His church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I could come up with a whole host of ways that this is true. But one last way, just a few weeks ago, baby Grant Wormington was baptized. And Christ, through his Holy Spirit, in a mighty way, came down from heaven and reached down and he took Grant as his own and made him his own. Regardless of anything else that is going on, regardless of any sin, regardless of anything, Jesus was cutting through like a hot knife through butter to get him. And he got him. And he now belongs to him. Just like you and I, the baptized, belong to Christ. And if you still needed yet another way, and we just did our confession of sins right here. Each of us, I am a poor, miserable sinner. I confess to you all of my sins and Iniquities, not me, but to God. I confess to you, God, all of my sins and iniquities with which I have ever offended you and justly deserve your temporal and eternal punishment. And what were my words to you? Jesus' words through me to you? And what are they every single Sunday? I forgive you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Folks, the gates of hell shall not prevail against Christ and his church. I know a a pastor who once said something really, really smart. He said, you know, the devil doesn't even have the keys to his own house. (laughs) He doesn't. He can't lock it up. He can't shut it down because he has been defeated. On the cross, Jesus took all of our sins upon himself And as we confess in the Nicene Creed, descended into hell and rose again three days later. And so the church, led by Christ, 
continues to make disciples, continues to baptize, continues to proclaim the good news, to con- uh, continues to break down the gates of death and bring souls to the light of life. This happened with you and I. In Colossians chapter 1, Paul says so. He says, in you who were once alienated, you who were once hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, that is, having sin, you who were once alienated and hostile in mind, having sin, has now, you have now been reconciled in his body of flesh, which is, of course, crossed by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. I have mentioned this before, but wrap your minds around this fact. That the moment that Christ took our sin upon himself, he became ugly in the sight of his father. And he became everything that God hated. And literally, the father turns his back on his son. And wants nothing to do with him. Why? Because he has your sin and my sin placed upon himself. And what do we get in return? That glorious exchange. We receive his perfect righteousness. We we are now, because of Christ, holy and blameless. Without blame, mark, or blemish before God. And above reproach before him. The church, this church, and every church throughout the world continues to baptize all nations, babies, kids, adults, because God is not waiting around for them to make the first move. He's not waiting. Instead, he says, no, you belong to me, and you will be mine, and you are mine. And I have sent my son to be crucified on the cross so that you belong to me. He hasn't got the time for us to make the first move. No. He was descended into hell. And he went through the gates of death after us because we are his chosen possession, his very own. And that is why Peter's confession of Christ and the confession of this church, notice all of the stained glass windows too, all the confession of God, all the confession of Christ. That Peter's confession to him and to the entire world that you are the Christ, the anointed one, you are the son of the living God, this is why the church's confession is such a big deal. That this confession, divinely revealed, leads to the promise. And what is that promise? Well, that I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Every day, as the baptized, every day, Jesus forgives your sins. Every day, Jesus claims you as his own. And every single day, the confession of Christ, your confession of Christ, not given to you by anybody else, but by God the Father himself, leads to the promise of everlasting life. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And at this time, I invite Kendra to please come forward. You can come right here. We will be following the order of confirmation on page 272 in the front part of your hymnal.
Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teach them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. You have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, Whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before men, I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. Lift up your hearts, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. Kendra, do you this day, in the presence of God and of this congregation, acknowledge the gift that God, the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? Yes, I do. Do you renounce the devil? Yes, I renounce Do you renounce all his works? Yes, I renounce Do you renounce all his ways? Yes, I renounce Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Yes, I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who has conceived by the Holy Spirit, born by the Virgin Mary, suffered under the Pontius Pilate, was crucified and died and buried. He descended into hell, and the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, sits on the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From then he came to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sin, and resurrection of the body and life everlasting. Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from the scriptures as you have learned to know it from the small catechism to be faithful and true? Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? I do, by the grace of God. Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word and deed, to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? I do, by the grace of God. Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins. As you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, he who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. And I would ask you uh, to, to kneel here. Kendra, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthen you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. And the verse that you have chosen to be your confirmation verse is Hebrews 4.16. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. You may stand. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in bringing these sons and daughters, in, in bringing these daughters to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, and enabling them both with the heart to believe and with the mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that, bringing forth the fruits of faith, that, that they may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall stand to receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And congratulations. And this is for you. And you may go back and sit down. And Carly, you're next. Beloved in the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ said to his apostles, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Carly, you have been baptized and catechized in the Christian faith according to our Lord's bidding. Jesus said, Whoever confesses me before men, I will also confess before my Father who is in heaven. But whoever denies me before him, and I will also deny before my Father who is in heaven. 
Lift up your heart, therefore, to the God of all grace, and joyfully give answer to what I now ask you in the name of the Lord. So, Carly, do you this day in the presence of God and of this congregation acknowledge the gifts that God gave you in your baptism? Do you renounce the devil? Do you renounce all his works? Do you renounce all his ways? Do you believe in God the Father Almighty? Do you believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord? Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? Yes, I believe in the Holy Spirit. The Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life of the Do you hold all the prophetic and apostolic scriptures to be the inspired word of God? I do. Do you confess the doctrine of the evangelical Lutheran Church drawn from the scriptures, as you have learned to know it from the small catechism, to be faithful and true? I do. Do you intend to hear the word of God and receive the Lord's Supper faithfully? Do you intend to live according to the word of God and in faith, word, and deed to remain true to God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, even to death? Do you intend to continue steadfast in this confession and church and to suffer all, even death, rather than fall away from it? We rejoice with thankful hearts that you have been baptized and have received the teaching of the Lord. You have confessed the faith and been absolved of your sins, and as you continue to hear the Lord's word and receive his blessed sacrament, He who has begun a good work in you will bring it to completion the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Carly, I'll ask you to kneel. Carly, the Almighty God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has given you the new birth of water and of the Spirit, and has forgiven you all of your sins, strengthening you with his grace to life everlasting. Amen. And Carly, the verse that you have chosen to be your confirmation verse is Mark chapter 11, verse 24. Jesus said, Therefore I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer... Believe that, you ha- believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. And you may stand. Congratulations. And you can just hang out here for just a moment. Let us pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, we thank and praise you for your great goodness in bringing this daughter to the knowledge of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, and in enabling her with a heart to believe and with a mouth to confess his saving name. Grant that bringing forth the fruits of faith that she may continue steadfast and victorious to the day when all who have fought the good fight of faith shall receive the crown of righteousness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Almighty and most merciful Father, in the waters of holy baptism, you have united your children in the suffering and death of your Son, Jesus Christ, cleansing them by his blood. Renew in them the gift of your Holy Spirit that they may live in daily contrition and repentance with a faith that ever clings to their Savior. Deliver them from the power of Satan and preserve them from false and dangerous doctrines that they may remain faithful in hearing Christ's word and receiving his body and blood. By the Lord's Supper, uplift them to believe that no one can make satisfaction for sin but Christ alone. Enable them to find joy and comfort only in him, learning from this sacrament, to love you and their neighbor and to bear their cross with patience and joy until the day of the resurrection of their bodies to life immortal. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Peace be with you all. Amen. And I would ask that the congregation to stand. At this time, we will make that confession of faith. The confession of faith found in the Apostles' Creed is found printed in the back cover of your hymnal. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth.
the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Please be seated. At this time, we will take a moment to just remind everyone of the different ways that you can give your offering and your tithe during this season. Uh, the first way is to drop it off if you are here today, uh, is to drop it off in the offering basket that is found in the back of the narthex. And the second way is to go to the website of our church and school, that is trinity1874.com. And in the upper right-hand corner is a donate button. Simply click on that and follow, and follow the directions there. Uh, you may also drop your offering or tithe off to the church office during the regular hours, or you may mail your offering or tithe in to the church office as well. Please stand as we sing the offertory. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Father, we give you thanks for this day and giving us this time to worship you. As the beautiful sunrise this morning signals a new day in our lives, your refreshing word gives us the strength to live a life filled with joy and hope. Remind us this week that we should willingly confess our faith in you, Jesus, to all we encounter. Give us the courage to do so, Lord, in your mercy. We pray for the sick, those who struggle with emotional or spiritual issues, those who are hospitalized, those who will be undergoing surgery, those on the road to recovery, those who find themselves confined to their homes for whatever reason. We lift up all those on our health list, Melba, Landreth, Carol, Ethel, Joan, Steve, Becky, Bob Curtis, Bob Dodson, Bob Yelnick, who is in the hospital, Gary Degan, Emma Conklin, Wayne, Rosemarie, John Alexander, Debbie, Mary, Lisa, Joe, Judy, Louise, Dana, Florine, Sherry, Fawn, Hunter, Marilyn, Police Officer Mark Preby, Heather Preby, Deborah, Ross, Jerry Kruger, Rob Kruger, and Dylan Six. Lord, we lift up all of these on our health list, as well as those we now name in our hearts. Heavenly Father, you are the great healer and sustainer of life. Be with those who are currently dealing with these conditions or issues, and if it be your will, heal them completely. Use the trials and challenges they face to grow closer to you. Give them a sense of your presence during these difficult times as they reach out to you for comfort. Lord, in your mercy. A prayer of thanksgiving for healing. Lord Jesus, we offer up to you a prayer of thanksgiving for the healing work shown to Jerry Kruger, to celebrate with him the successful surgery, and Dylan Six as he recovers from the auto accident. Continue to strengthen them as they recover. May their lives always be a reflection of their confession of faith in the one true God, the God who answers prayer. Lord, in your mercy. God of all creation, since the very beginning, you have blessed marriage between man and woman. For those celebrating the anniversary of their wedding day, we ask that you would give them a sense of your presence. Thank you for the blessings of love you have given to Michael and Lorna Doss as they celebrate 32 years of marriage. Help them use this time of reflection and celebration to renew the promises made, to focus on the love that is possible when you, Jesus, are the center of their lives. Be with them. Be their health, strength, and refuge as they continue this journey of honor and love for each other and for you as their Savior. Lord, in your mercy... For our school. Jesus, you are the good shepherd. You have directed us to feed and tend your lambs and sheep. We pray that you bless our school as the new school year begins. 
Make our school a haven of your grace and mercy. Give patience and discernment to our teachers as they daily interact with their students. Give them the insight to apply rightly both law and gospel, equipping their children to share the good news of the gospel and how to apply this in their lives. Be with all the students, keeping them healthy and safe. Open their minds and give them the excitement and happiness about this new academic year. Through word and sacrament, strengthen and encourage each of our school families as so they grow in faith towards you and the love to one another, that by your grace they may be a light in a world held captive in darkness of sin. Lord, in your mercy. And finally, Lord, we offer up a special prayer for this congregation of yours. As you continue to bless us, keep us focused on what's most important in our lives. Give us all a fuller measure of faith in the promise of your word. Grant that we may live trustingly one day at a time, knowing that you will not fail us, that you are in control of all things. Lord, in your mercy. Into your hands, O Lord, we commend all for whom we pray. Trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly meet and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who, out of love for his fallen creation, humbled himself by taking on the form of a servant, becoming obedient unto death, even death upon a cross. Risen from the dead, he has freed us from eternal death and given us life everlasting. Therefore, with angels and archangels and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and singing. Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The Lord's Supper is God's gift for Christians who are properly taught. In communing, we want people to receive Christ's body and blood for their good. This means that as you come to the Lord's table, you affirm that Jesus is your Savior and Lord, and with Lutheran Christians, you confess. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that the risen Christ is really present Savior, sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine. I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith in my O Lord Jesus Christ, on the night in which he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take, eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. In the same way also we took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them and said, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. 
This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always. Friends of Christ, welcome to the Lord.
Thank you.